So we are continuing with what we started last week. Much land remains to be conquered. Go to the book of Joshua chapter 13, verse 1 to 6, NLT. Mr. MJ, so I want us to start there. And then you will realize that if we say much land remains to be conquered, it means the enemy is sometimes keeping you out of your possessions. Keeping you out of some things that rightfully belong to you. Amen. Much land remains to be conquered. When, when Joshua was an old man, the Lord said to him, You are growing old, and much land remains to be conquered. Okay, so he says, You are growing old, but much land remains to be conquered. Tell your neighbor, much land remains to be conquered. There are so many lands in your life, isn't it? So many territories, divine health, peace in your family, all the things, all the aspirations that you still have, those are the lands that you still need to conquer. Some of you, you're praying for your loved ones to come to the knowledge of the Lord. Much land remains to be conquered. Amen. Some of you, you are still aspiring for that dream job. Much land remains to be conquered. Some of you are aspiring for that business that you're still thinking about. Much land remains to be conquered. Some of us, we're still thinking about the many souls that still needs to be won into the kingdom. Much land remains to be conquered. And we are the people. Amen. So go to verse 4. In the south also remains to be conquered. In the north, the following areas has not yet been conquered. So you can see that God is a territorial God. So he talks about that side, there is still a land to conquer. That side, there is still... So it means even in your own life now, even when you reach home, you can write some of those lands that still need to be conquered. Write them down. That land still needs to be conquered. This one. Whatever your lands are that God has promised you, write them down and say, that one still needs to be conquered. And when you conquer them, take it. This one is in my possession now. And sometimes you would find that there are some lands, some of the things that we get breakthroughs in, but after some times you give it back to the enemy. Don't do that. Because some of the things, sometimes you find you have a breakthrough on this thing, and it took you time to get a breakthrough in that area. But all of a sudden, the enemy takes it back. So it's like that war, the tug of war, where the enemy keeps on attacking back, you also pushing your grounds. So read verse 6. And all the hill country from Lebanon to Mesrov, Maim, including all the land of the Sidonians, I myself will drive these people out of the land ahead of the Israelites. So be sure to give this land to Israel as a special position, just as I have commanded you. So there is a lot of possession that is rightfully yours. Much land remains to be conquered. And Joshua 1 verse 3, New King James Version says, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given you. Amen. Amen. So it means if much land remains to be conquered, you need to identify what are those places that you will have to tread upon. 
and you make it your own. You go to the word of God and see all the promises of God. Those are like the lands that are promised there. And you say, much land remains to be conquered. I can see where I'm living now and what I have now, the victories that I have now, it's really not where I should be. And you keep on having more hunger for more land. That needs to be conquered. So you go through the promises of God, you see what God says about divine health, about long life, about protection, about peace in your family, about all the other things, about success, even about your finances. Amen? Amen. And you say, much land remains to be conquered. And you list the lands. Amen? Amen? And from there, you start treading upon each of those lands. And the way to do that is you need to have a promise from the word of God, and you stand upon that promise. And say, Lord, I thank you for this promise, and I'm claiming this land. And you take that land and make it your own. If you go to the book of Luke, chapter 11, verse 20 to 22 NLT, we read this also last week. So I'm just recapping that to, recon to connect with what we need to share about today. Luke 11, 20 to 22 NLT, Mr. MJ. But if I am casting out demons by the, by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. So he says, so Jesus was casting out devils by the power of God. So it means when a devil or a demon has possessed somebody, that demon, that's its territory at that time. Okay? And when Jesus comes and cast out that devil and say, let the kingdom of God take this place. So he says, if I'm casting out devils by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived. So the kingdom of God comes to a place when the will of God is established. Amen. So it means if there is something that's not in order yet. If there is something that you know, this is not in line with what God has said. The kingdom of God needs to be established in that place. So you need to come there with the finger of God and declare things. So he says, if I cast out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Verse 21. For when a strong man is fully armed... And God's uh, so in mind, the NLT says, for when a strong man like Satan is fully armed and guards his palace, his possessions are safe. In other words, when the devil is possessing those territories and he guards them, he's still safe. When demons are possessing somebody, and guarding, and that is guarded, they are safe in that place. Even the, all the things that you see not to be in order, that's the works of the enemy. Okay? It looks safe until something happens. Verse 22. Until someone even stronger attacks and overpowers him, strips him of his weapons, and carries off his belongings. So point your finger at your neighbor. You are that one who is stronger than the enemy. So you need to go and overpower him and strip him of his armaments and enforce the kingdom of God in that place. Because it says, when a strong man like Satan is guarding his things, it looks like everything is in peace until someone stronger. 
Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, the way that the enemy will be guarding those things, when you see things not in order, that not working well, this about your children, that about your relatives, that about your workplace, that about this, that about your finances, that about that. The enemy is trying to keep you away from your inheritance. And now you need to come as someone stronger than the strong man. And then you need to overpower him and strip him of his weapons and carries those belongings that belong to you. Because he stole them. Amen. Amen. And how do we do that? So let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to connect with this one. I think we also read this one last week. Ephesians chapter 6, we'll start it from verse 10 to verse 19 in the New King James Version. And like when I started here and I was telling you about the attitude of a soldier... I said you are soldiers. And you are the right kind of soldiers who endure hardships. Amen. Who are not deterred by rain or weather. Amen. You know that this life of a soldier is it's, it's a difficult life. Amen. But what is sweeter than winning? In other words, the battle may be tough. But if I conquer, that's, the, that, that's what makes us rejoice. So even when, if we were to look at each of you in your own lives, you know what you've gone through. But you are still here. Amen. Tell your neighbor you are sitting next to a living testimony. Yes. Tell your neighbor I'm still, here. I'm still here. Yeah, if it were up to the devil, probably some of us would be gone already. Amen. But I'm still here. Amen. 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 So look at this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 19. Then you will realize that actually... When I'm talking about, when it says much land still needs to be conquered, those lands are in the hands of the enemy. The enemy will not just give it off. Yeah. You will have to forcefully take it. Like Matthew 11, 12, since the, kingdom of, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has been suffering violent, and the violent enforces it. Amen? Amen. So now look at this. In the New King James Version, Ephesians 6 from verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I like this thing about not being strong in your own strength. Be strong where? In the Lord and in the power of his might. Because if you are going to look at your own strength, you will always realize that you are outnumbered by the enemy. Some of your challenges, you look at them and you look at your strength. You look at your debts and look at your salary. You look at whatever you have and you realize you are outnumbered. Yeah. Amen? Amen? You don't have what it takes to win against the enemy on your own. So he says, be strong where? In the Lord and in the power of his might. Continue. Put on the whole armor of God. I like that also. So it means when I'm going to fight, I'm not going with my own armor. Tell your neighbor, when I'm going to fight, I'm not going with my own armor. Whose armor are we going to take on? Put on the whole armor of God. Continue. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It means you are in a battlefield. 
You've got the enemy. With all his wiles and all his tricks and all the things to hurt you. All the things to harm you. But you need to put on the full armor of God. That even with all, every intention that the devil may have, it doesn't matter. You are a soldier. You have what it takes to win. You have what it takes to live a victorious life. Continue. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I like this one. <laughs> do you know that many people, including some Christians, they specialize in wrestling against flesh and blood. If it comes to fighting with people, you, some of the people are good at that. But it says, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. It means my enemy is not people. They may be my enemy against me, but I know that there is power behind, there is, of, there is a spirit behind them. The problem is that if you miss it and you think that this person is your enemy and you fight with this person, then you are fighting a flesh and blood battle. So when the Bible says, take on the full armor of God, and it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But who usually hurts you most? It's flesh and blood. Who usually gossips about you? Flesh and blood. Who targets you and plan bad things against you? Flesh and blood. But it seems there is something behind flesh and blood. Just like there is something behind you. There is also something behind those flesh and blood. What is that? But against principalities. So there are principalities. Mm -hmm. Against powers. Against, there are powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age. You can see there are rulers of darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Do you see that <laughs> there's a lot of enemies that are arrayed against you? That's what you need to be contending with. Because if you can defeat those ones, then flesh and blood will be subdued. Because whoever is used by the enemy... You need to go and attack that strong force that is making them to do whatever they are doing. Continue. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. So that's what a soldier does. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Mm. So a soldier doesn't stand and give up. You've been standing. Tell your neighbor, I know you've been standing for something. Trusting God. Keep on standing. Keep on believing. Don't quit. You are a soldier. Amen. Having gathered your waist with truth. Okay, waist with truth. I want to see all this armor. Mm -hmm. You can see we are well armed. Uh-huh. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So the chest breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. So our shoes is the, the, the readiness to go and preach the gospel. Mm. Not readiness to go and gossip. Mm. That's not your, your shoes. Yeah. Readiness to go and preach the gospel of peace. Uh -huh. Above all. Above all. 
taking the shield of faith. I like this one also because when it says we are fighting, and verse 12 says, so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So even all those attacks that he has. So it says, above all, I must take the shield of faith. What must I do with the shield of faith? With which you'll be able to quench okay. all uh -huh. the fear that of the wicked one. So imagine I drop this shield of faith. What will happen? So those fiery darts of the wicked one will harm me. But I've got the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So all the plans that the enemy has against you, they will be nullified. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. You know, you know that sometimes we end up Hating people and saying, no, that one hates me, hates me, that one is doing this against me, that one is doing this. The devil wants you to, forget, to, to focus on that one. That's not your enemy. The real enemy is the spirit behind that person. So you need to be always guarded. I know my battle. I know who my enemy is. And then, with that shield of faith, you quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So it means... The enemy is looking for you. The enemy is hunting you. But you've got the armor. You've got what it takes to stay protected. So I take that shield of faith and quench all the fear and darts of the wicked one. Continue. And take the helmet of salvation. So in my head, because maybe with the shield, you see with the shield, when I'm doing this, you can see it's protecting here. But my head is still out. So I also need the helmet of salvation. Uh -huh. And the sword of the spirit. Now I like this one. Because instead of only just having the armor to protect you, we've got an armor also to attack the enemy. Amen. Amen. You remember the verse that said, we read it. When a strong man like Satan is guarding his goods there in peace until someone stronger comes and attack him. So it means with the word of God I'm able to attack the enemy. That's what Jesus did. You remember Jesus kept on saying to the devil, it is written. It is written. The devil tries this. It is written. The devil cannot withstand the word of God. Amen. So it means when that thing comes and the enemy is trying to, 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 to come against you, you keep on. It is written. It is written. It is written. You are throwing that, that's your sword of the spirit. Amen. And the enemy has no defense against the word of God. He's got to flee. You remember when Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And then after that he said, it is written, get thee behind me, Satan. And then the devil had to leave. Continue. And the sword of the spirit... Which is the word of God. Amen. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Okay. The Praying always. So this is the other weapon. Now I want us to even think of this weapon more. Because you know that most of us who are born again Christians. Who go to word based churches. We've got the word. We've got the faith. But sometimes you find that we're not as prayerful as we should be. 
So we need also to bring in praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication, being watchful to this end, and with perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And it says, pray for me also that utterance may be given, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So now, I want us to look at this weapon called prayer. Okay? It's still in much land needs to be conquered. And I actually want to look at prayer as one of our strongest weapons. And when it says that we contend against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, the commonest weapon that you need in that spiritual warfare is prayer. Amen? That's the commonest one that you need. To go against all those forces of darkness, wrestling against them, interceding. Amen? Amen. So, I want us to go to the book of Daniel chapter 10. But in this one, I want to show you how some of your answers are already granted. But the enemy is keeping you at bay from them. And you will need to wrestle. You will need to intercede. You will need to rightfully claim your possessions. Daniel chapter 10 from verse 10 to 21 in the NIV. Daniel chapter 10, 10 to 21 NIV. So this is the time after Daniel prayed. He prayed, he fasted, and the answer was not coming. Until 21 days later, when the angel came to him. So now let's listen to the story. With that angel now coming to him. <clears throat> a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Mm. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you and stand up for I have now been sent to you. Mm. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Mm. Then he continued. Do not be afraid, Daniel. Mm. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding mm. and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. Okay. When was Daniel's prayer heard? The very first day. But then did the answer come the very first day? Why? Verse 13. But the prince of the Persian kingdom... Okay, now, did you see that in Ephesians it talks about principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places? Now, the prince of the kingdom of Persia was not a physical thing. It's like behind the kingdom of Persia there is a spiritual force. So he says, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, what did the prince of the kingdom of Persia do? Resisted me 21 days. So it means, as the angel was bringing the answer to Daniel, like sometimes the angel is bringing the answer to you. The prince, those heavenly hosts, those spiritual wickedness in high places. So it says, 
they resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. <laughs> okay. Did you see what happened to this angel? I guess it was Gabriel. The Bible doesn't tell us his name. But what I know is that usually the angel, you see the, 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 the three chief angels. There was an angel called Gabriel, who's mainly the messenger angel. Usually when a message is to be delivered, you will hear the, 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 those are the three archangels. It calls them archangels. In other words, the supreme angels. There are other angels. So I think in terms of being sent and that, we usually hear about Gabriel as a messenger angel. And then there was another angel who was an angel before, Lucifer. He was an angel of praise and worship. But he fell because he wanted to exalt himself against God. And now he became he's Satan, the devil. Okay? There was also another angel called Michael. Okay? Michael is an archangel of war. You heard him now saying, I was struggling, I was detained there until Michael, the archangel, came and helped me. Did you get that? Continue. Now, now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. So he came and he was explaining to Daniel because Daniel sought God. Daniel wanted to know the will of God. And I'm going to show you many things that I was surprised about the life of Daniel. I looked at him and thought, but this guy lived under the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant. We are under the New Covenant. We should actually be in a better place than him. But if you look at the kind of relationship that he had with God, that was amazing. Then I, I asked the Lord about this. I was praying and thinking, but why, why, why was this man so powerful in you, O oh God? Because he was under the old covenant. Then it dawned on me that he was a prayerful person. I'll show you as we go down. So go to verse 20. So he said, do you know why I have come to you? Mm -hmm. Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. <laughs> you see what, what this, uh, this angel was concerned about. He, he realized that he has gotten a breakthrough. He's bringing the answer. But going back, there might still be a roadblock. <laughs> Do you see? He's saying, I'm, I've come to you. Michael helped me. I've come to you. But soon, I will, return. I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. Mm -hmm. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. Do you see that most of these countries and places have got princes behind them? Mm? So sometimes you, 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 you look at countries, you look at places, and you wonder how wicked they are. They are forces behind them okay so now he says after that the prince of greece will come but verse 21 but first i will tell you what is written in the book of truth mm. no one supports me against them 
except Michael, your prince. Okay. So he's saying the only one who's standing with me in this battle is Michael. Don't you think you are also needed in your intercession? Amen? Amen. To stand as a soldier of Christ. To stand when those wicked spiritual forces are blocking your breakthrough. You stand your ground and command and decree things and let things be established and take your territories. Those lands that still remain in the hands of the enemy, capture them back. Amen? Capture them back and take them and make them your own. So now, those people, they knew about Daniel. <laughs> so, because this is the thing I was praying about and I thought of it. Why? Because I thought he, was, he lived in the Old Testament. You look at a person even like Elijah. Lived under the Old Covenant. But look at how powerful those people were. And their secret was they were prayerful. Amen? So there came one time when Daniel was promoted with several other people and there were people who were jealousy against him. Okay? And they were plotting for his downfall. So they thought, you know that sometimes people can accuse you of things you didn't do. Mm, people can plot against you and all that. But then, they wanted to find fault with him because God had, the, the, the king had promoted him. So they were thinking, how can we catch this Daniel? Because we don't like his kind of success. So I want you to look at it with me in the book of Daniel chapter 6. From verse 1 to verse 10. This is where I'm basing my argument that although Daniel lived under the old covenant, he lived a victorious life because of his prayerful lifestyle. Although Daniel lived under the old covenant, he lived a victorious life because of his prayerful lifestyle. And look at this. Daniel chapter 6, 1 to 10, NLT. Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces, and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. So if you look, during the time of Nebuchadnezzar, he was also trying to rule a lot of places on the earth. So they had to have provinces and have governors in all of them. So now, after, uh, uh, you remember the, 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 the dream that uh, Nebuchadnezzar had, which again also, I'll touch a little bit on it, how Daniel interpreted that dream. That dream talked about the head of gold, which was the Babylonian kingdom. But it also talked about other kingdoms like the Medes, the, 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 the Medo-Persian, the, the, the Mid, Medo-Persian, the Persia, Greece, and all that, all those kingdoms. Now, this was the time of Darius the Mede. So he appointed 120, he, he divided his kingdom into 120 provinces. Uh -huh. that the king also chose Daniel, and two others as administrators to supervise the high of officers and protect the king's interest. So it was like de uh, the king had three deputies. 
One of them was Daniel. Continue. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Mm. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made a plans to place him over the entire empire. So now the king, the king was thinking of now making Daniel to rule everything. And others had it. Just like sometimes even in your workplace and wherever you are, sometimes the kings may want to promote you and others will hear it. So now continue. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. Mm. But corruption, dololo. Mm. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or mm. condemn. Actually, there is another version that uses the word corruption. It's right. If you check, there are versions that uses the word corruption for that. Okay, continue. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Don't we need some Daniels in government? Amen. 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 And you are the Daniel Amen. in government. Amen. Amen. We should be the kind of Daniels. That even when people are looking for things, they will not find anything. Amen. They won't find anything to bring you down with. Continue. So they concluded, mm. our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Okay, did, did you hear, did you see what these people have done? In other words, they tried to look, let's check the books. Let's check this. Let's check, what about that deal, that, that, that tender, that money? What about that? What, everything was clean. Now, what was their only chance? Of accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rule with the rules of his religion. So they say the only chance we can get, we know he is a prayerful person, he is a worshipful person, he loves God. The only chance we can get is we've got to have something that goes against what he believes. Continue. So the, admin, so the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, long live King Darius. Mm. We are all in agreement. We administrators... Okay, that statement is not correct. Daniel was one of the three administrators, isn't it? Where you read above there. Daniel was appointed as one of the three administrators. But now they say, we are all in agreement. So I think there was supposed to have been a petition signed. Not just verbally, because they would say you are also agreeing. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, mm -hmm. officers, mm -hmm. advisors, mm -hmm. and governors, that the king should make a law that will strictly, that will be strictly enforced. Mm. Give orders that for the next thirty days, any person who prays to oh. anyone, any person who prays, some of you would have passed that one easy. <laughs> That's not even a temptation, isn't it? <laughs> Imagine they make a rule to say anyone who prays will be will be uh, arrested. You haven't been praying before the order, so what makes the difference? <laughs> so they say any person who prays. So they knew they were going to catch who? Daniel. Daniel. Okay. Mm -hmm. Any person who prays to anyone. Divine or human, except to you, your majesty, 
will be thrown into the den of lions. So and they were trying to make the majesty feel good that if they want to pray, they must pray to you. <laughs> but anyone who prays to any other thing beside praying to you, yeah. for the next 30 days, they will be thrown into the den of lions. Uh -huh. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home mm. and kneeled down as usual. Okay. I want you to look at the lifestyle of Daniel. When it says as usual, so in other words, he heard that they have made laws. But what difference does that make? So he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. With its windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. Did you see that? So I then realized, okay, no wonder this man was so victorious and so successful. He had a prayerful lifestyle. So when he heard that now nobody's allowed to pray for all this time, he still went back and prayed. And he says, as he did before. So it's not like he was now starting to show off. No. That was his lifestyle. Went to the upper room, knelt down three times a day. So I think this one, it's almost, it should be easier. You know that we also usually, most of us eat three times a day. Breakfast, lunch. Supper. How do you think about breakfast prayer in the morning? Lunchtime prayer? And supper time or evening prayer? So he prayed three times a day as his custom was, as his lifestyle. And that's why he was victorious. I looked at a person like Elijah. I was also thinking about Elijah. Elijah was just a person like us. But then when God wanted to do something, he would always know, I must put it in the heart of Elijah. Elijah would speak a word so that I can do this or not do this. So when God was angry with the children of Israel, and he wanted to shut the reins, he touched the heart of Elijah. Elijah prayed and said, it must not rain for the next three and a half years unless I speak a word. That's in 1 Kings chapter 17. And it did not rain for three and a half years. Imagine such kind of power. Eh? <laughs> you say, for the next three and a half years, it must not rain. What will happen if it's not raining? There will be famine and drought. And people will be dying of hunger. And then Ahab, the king at that time, was very angry with Elijah. You are the cause of all this. And Elijah said, no, you are the cause of all this because you disobeyed God. And then, when it was time for rain, in chapter 18, verse King chapter 18, the Bible says, maybe let's read that one, verse 1. Just, just, it's not part of the menu, but I thought let me just tell you this. I want to show you that if you are a prayerful person, God will partner with you. 
Just read verse 1 of 1 Kings 18. It was the time now when the Lord decided he wants now to send the rain. He still has to get an ambassador. He's got to get somebody. And he goes to Elijah. Elijah, I want you to pray. I want you to speak a word. I want you to speak something because I want to bring rain. Later on, in the third year of the drought, yes. the Lord said to Elijah, Go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. So he says, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. Now at that time, King Ahab was very angry about Elijah. So imagine now if Elijah were to go and meet him. So they say, Elijah met this servant of, of, of the king called, Ad, uh, what was his name? Um, Obadiah. And then he said, go and tell King Ahab that I'm here. Obadiah said, uh-uh, I can't go because if I go and tell King Ahab that you are here, when the king comes, you will find the spirit of the Lord has taken you away and you are not here. Then I will be in trouble. So this is how, God, how Elijah was working with God. Even in the supernatural. Okay? He said, no, I will be here, I will wait and all that. And ultimately they met and then he told him, it's going to rain. And if you read chapter 18, it talks about the amount of time that Elijah spent in prayer for the rain. And he was praying, praying, until he even put his, uh, his face um, between his uh, feet, his knees, and he kept praying. And he was keeping on sending the servant, go and check. Is there any sign of rain? The servant comes back, no sign. Go and check again, no sign. Until then, the servant came back and said, I can see in a distance a, a, a small cloud, like the, the hand of a man. Then, Daniel, uh, then Elijah said, it's time. Tell them to rush. The rain is coming. He prayed. So that's why in James it says, Elijah was a human being like us, but he prayed earnestly for that it mustn't rain and it didn't rain. And after that, he prayed that it should rain, and it rained. Do you see what kind of power you have if you are a prayerful person? But these ones lived in the old covenant. But you are in the new covenant. Now, when we are contending against the enemy, I want you to go to the book of Revelation chapter 2, 12. Revelation chapter 12, verse 2 to 17. Because we also... The same devil that contended against people like Daniel and all others blocking their answers, he's still the same devil that will also be blocking your answers today. He's still the same evil devil who's bringing calamities and disasters. That's why the book of John 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. But look at this. So I want to show you this because this is serious. So when I said here when I began about you are a soldier. And you have even braced this cold and you are here even when it's cold because you are a soldier. You are still going to meet difficult things in life. You need to have the attitude of a soldier. Where you stand your ground. Now you will see why. Look at this. Revelation chapter 12 verse 2 to 17. You will see where all these things started. NIV. Revelation 12, 2 to 17, NIV. Let's go for it. 
she was pregnant and no verse oh yeah okay maybe let's go verse 3 then another sign appeared in heaven hmm. an enormous red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns on its head hmm. its tail swept a third of the stars out okay. of the sky that thing of this dragon was the devil and then the third of the stars. So the stars referred to here is like the angel. So in the angel, so when, when Lucifer fell, he took a third of the angels. And those became demons. Mm. Okay? Those are his angels. Mm. You get that? Yeah. So when he was falling, he came with, he swept with his tail a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them down to the earth. Mm-hmm. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was, about, who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. Do you see how much the dragon hates mankind? Hmm? Yeah. He's waiting to devour this child the moment the child is born. The woman wants to deliver a child and rejoice with the child, but the enemy is waiting to devour that child. Mm -hmm. She gave birth to a son, mm. a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. Okay, and if you look at this, now you remember Genesis. Mm. You remember in the book of Genesis, I need to, scripture needs to interpret scripture. So hold your hand there and go to Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, New King James Version. We just need to explain scripture with scripture, then you will understand. Okay, I want you to understand where all these things started. And the same devil who was thrown out of heaven is still your enemy today. And he is furious. So read Genesis 3.15. And I will put an empty between you and the woman. So here God was talking to the serpent. Mm. Which represented the devil. Mm. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. Mm -hmm. And between your seed and her seed. Look at this. Between your seed and her seed. Mm. So it means if the devil cannot get the woman, he will go after the seed. Mm. Do you know that if the enemy cannot get you, he will go for your children? Even people who are targeting other people. If they know they can't get you, they go for your relatives, your children. Okay? So now he says, I put enmity between you and the woman. And between your seed and her seed, what will happen? He shall bruise your head mm. and he shall bruise his heel. So can you see this contestation with the enemy? He shall bruise your, you shall bruise, so they, he shall bruise your head, so the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the devil. Mm. And the devil will bruise the heel. Okay? Amen. Okay. Because some of you maybe now you're scared about this devil. So, <laughs> so let me just illustrate to you. So, if you, if the devil is under your foot, if you're going to bruise his head and let's say he bruises your your heel is there any contest there <laughs> because you're not going for the heel 
You going for the head. Can we all do this? Amen. Amen. Satan is under my feet. Amen. So, but it means, it doesn't mean because the devil is still there, there would be times when he would be bruised. But it's not as hard as what the enemy is going through. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Your enemy, the devil, he is in the back, on the back foot. Okay? But he's still there. So there would be times sometimes when we can be hurt. Do you remember 2 Corinthians chapter 4? It says, we are hurt sometimes because we are in a battlefield. So there are times when you can bruise your heel, but never your head. You bruise his head. Amen. Amen. So let's go back now to that. Then you will now understand. I wanted you to understand this because if you don't understand this, you're going to miss out. You will not understand when you need to exercise your authority. The thief cometh not but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's, that's why sometimes we are hurt. Because he's bruising. Isn't it? But you're not as hurt as... Your head is not bruised. It's just your heel. Amen? So, continue. She gave birth to a son, a male child... Who will rule all the nations with an iron That's scepter? That's verse uh, 5 of Hebrew, uh, Revelation 12. Yeah, mm. so let's continue with this story. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. Yes. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, mm. where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Mm. Then war broke out in heaven. Yeah. Michael and his angels fought, fought against the dragon. Did, did you see now Michael again? Yeah. War broke out where? In heaven. Michael and his angels. Michael and the two third. Fought against the dragon. And? And the dragon and his angels fought back. Did you see? Huh? Mm-hmm. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon also has angels. You remember when it says, he, the, 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 with his tail, he took a third yeah. of the stars. So the dragon also has his angels. We call them demons. Okay? They fought back. Verse 8. Why I like this in the NIV. Mm -hmm. But he was not strong enough. That is the thing for me. That's the courageous thing. So he can fight back. He can bruise your heel. But he's not strong enough. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. And I'll keep standing. Mm. So he says, but he was not strong enough. What happened? And they lost their place in heaven. Okay. So he has lost his place in heaven. The devil and his angels, the devil and his demons, they've lost it in heaven. Mm-hmm. The great dragon was held down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan. Okay, now I like it when the Bible now interprets it. Because you remember I was referring to this dragon as Satan. Mm. Eh? Mm. But now you see the Bible itself says that dragon we're talking about is Satan. Is the devil. Mm. It's explaining it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who leads the whole world astray? Mm. He was held to the earth 
and his angels with him. Now do you see that the devil and his demons have been thrown down to the earth. You need to understand this because if you don't understand it, you will be a casualty of the enemy all the time. As we are reclaiming our territories, the strong man like Satan thinks these things are in order until we overpower him and take back what rightfully belongs to us. Continue. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God mm. and the authority of his Messiah. Mm. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been held down. Oh, okay. So he was the accuser and he has been thrown down. He, so even there he was still accusing them. Because he started by falling from grace. And he was still there. And he started war. He wanted, if you read the book of Isaiah, it talks about, he wanted to make his throne above God. And then he was thrown down. Mm -hmm. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So how did they overcome the devil? The blood of the lamb and the word the word of their testimony. So it means if I have the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony, the sword of the spirit. So the word that is in my mouth, when I speak the word of God, it's a sword. I overcome the enemy by the word of my testimony. And it says, verse 12, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But, Mr. MJ. But woo to the earth and the sea. Okay. Be because the devil has gone down to you. Where is the devil? Here, earth and the sea. He's not in heaven according to this verse. Mm -mm. Here. He's been thrown down. And now woe to the earth and the sea. Because the devil has been thrown down where? To you. you. Hey. Mm -hmm. He is filled with fury. So he's angry. Because he knows that his time is short. So he's got a short time. Mm. If you look at the many things that the devil is trying to do, he knows he's got a short time. But he's got this window of opportunity to still rob you of your belongings, your territories and all that. So you are being trained here that much land remains to be conquered. Annex it back. Take it back. Continue. When the dragon saw that he had been held to, to the earth, he pursued the woman who had, been, who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. Do you see this, this contestation between the serpent, the devil, and the woman, and the seed of the woman, and the devil, and all this. Huh? Mm. The battle continues. Mm. Continue. Where she will be taken care of for a time, mm. times and half a time, out of the serpent's reach. Mm. Then from his... I like, I like this thing, out of the serpent's reach. I'm gonna stay right under the blood. Gonna stay right under the blood. 
I'm gonna stay right under the blood Where the devil can do me no harm It means when I'm under the blood, I'm out of the devil's reach. That's why you remember when the Israelites were told, Make the, take the blood, put it on the doorpost and the lintels, and stay in the house until morning. Don't go out. So stay under the blood. Continue. Then from his mouth, the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. Okay. So the enemy now is realizes I can't get her and then throws the, makes the water to, over, to almost like overrun her. And then what happens? But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and, swallow, and swallowing the river that the dragon has spewed out of, its, of his mouth. <laughs> so tell, tell, tell your neighbor, the devil is in trouble. Whatever strategy he uses is nullified. That's why Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. Actually, if you start it from verse 14, 15, going down, it says, they will surely gather together against you. But they will not be becoming because of me. Anyone who raises up against you, they will fall for your sake. And then verse 7, it says, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. Any tongue that raises up against you in judgment will be condemned. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. They are righteousnesses of me. So he says, then the earth took that, and then verse 17. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. Hmm. You see now the seed of the woman. Mm. Huh? Mm. So he continues to wage war against the rest of the woman's offspring. Continue. Those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. So who are the, who is the seed? Of the woman. According to that verse. It's us. It's those who keep. God's commands. And hold fast. Their testimony about Jesus. Do you hold fast your testimony about Jesus? Amen. So you are the target of the enemy. But you've got what it takes to win. You've got what it takes to be victorious. And actually, Jesus has given us authority over the powers of the enemy. Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 10. We're winding down now. We're starting our descent. We'll need to land. Luke, chapter 10, verse 17 to 20. New King James Version. Then, then the 70 returned with joy, saying... Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Okay. We said when the devil was thrown down, he came down with his devils, with his angels. Okay. Now, after Jesus sent his disciples to go and preach the gospel, where they were going to places, they were healing the sick, casting out devils, doing all the works of Jesus. Now, when they came back, they gave Jesus the report and said, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Continue. And he said to them, mm. 
I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. <laughs> I don't know whether it was the time when he was kicked down or is another time, but Jesus says, I saw him falling mm. from heaven mm. like lightning. Mm. Mm-hmm. Behold, I give you the authority to Okay, travel. now. The word of God is so nice, man. Now you see what he's doing. So the devil is thrown down. I see him falling like lightning. They say we, the demons are subject to us in your name. And now he says, behold, I give you authority to do what? To trample on serpents hey. and scorpions. So that's why when you are trampling, you remember the thing that says you will, cry, you will bruise his head. head and he will strike your heel. So you are given authority to do what? To trample. trample. I want you to get that. Because the contest is over. So if you are coming, you are trampling on him. You're trampling on his head. Indeed, sometimes he might bruise your heel. Continue. And over all the power of the enemy. And over all the power of the enemy. So some of you who are afraid of the devil, Jesus has given us authority over all the power of the enemy. And And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hey, did you get that? He says, and nothing... He doesn't say, and nothing shall hurt you. Because you might come with an exception. He says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hurt you. Mm. So it means, whatever the devil tries to do, he cannot hurt you. You might have a bit of a bruise. You remember the other time I told you, it's like, if boxers are fighting, you may have a bit of swelling to show that you were in a battle. So some of those bruises, is just a bruise. Just evidence that you were in a battle. But nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Tell your neighbor, nothing shall by any means hurt me. Tell your neighbor, no weapon that is fashioned against me shall prosper. Amen. Because I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. And then verse 20, he says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. You know that sometimes we can rejoice about all the victories we are having, casting out devils, prophesying, doing that, being used mightily of God, and then we forget that the most important thing is that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So it starts with salvation. It starts with, I must not lose my salvation. I must not lose my relationship with Jesus. As I'm walking in victory, I will still use, keep my relationship with Jesus. But I want to ask you a question. That word, when he says, I give you authority, how do you understand the word authority? Okay. I'm not an English scholar, but I want to do it the way I understand it. 
So for me, the difference between power and authority, usually power also includes the ability to use force. While authority means you are not the one who's going to do the job. You make a decree. Like when we say the president has authority. Do you know that the president has authority? Hmm. He can declare things. <laughs> He's got authority. You remember he said, for the next 21 days, you all have to be put in your homes. Do you think the president had power to go and stop each one of you? Put you in your homes? No, but he had the authority. But behind him there were soldiers who were deployed to enforce the authority. Now, if you have the authority, you've got a backup. Behind you, there are forces that are ready to be unleashed as you speak a word. You remember when Jesus was attacked and they wanted to arrest him and Peter even cut the, 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 the ear of the high priest's servant? Jesus said, Peter, put back your sword. He who uses a sword will die of the sword. And he said, don't you think if I didn't want to die, I would have called upon my father and my father would have dispatched angels straight away to defend us. Amen. He chose not to. If he did, the angels would have come on scene and defended him. That's why he said, I lay down my life. Okay? So it means when it says you have the authority, you can use the authority or you decide not to use the authority. But the backup power is available for you. Are you going to use your authority? Yes. Are you going to enforce the kingdom? Are you going to decree things? Are you going to claim your territories? Amen. When we say there's much land to be possessed, much land still remains to be conquered, you are going to conquer it. So let's conclude with this one. I had a few more to tell you, but I think let's conclude with Luke chapter 19, verse 12 to 13, King James Version, because... On the things that I was telling you, I was actually encouraging you to take your territories. There's much land to be conquered. Much territories that still needs to be annexed. But the enemy is keeping some of those. So you need to write down your territories that are still in the hands of the enemy. And you're going to claim them. You're going to take them in prayer. You're going to take them using the word of God, your sword, the sword of the spirit. You're going to claim them having the shield of faith, knowing that the enemy is throwing darts to destroy you. Amen? And you will use them, and you know that you've been given authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Sometimes you may be bruised as part of the warfare, but it's never your head that is in trouble. It might be your heel that's bruising him. Amen? Amen? Now, in Luke chapter 19, verse 12 to 13, because this is very, very important. When Jesus left, he trusted us. He trusted his body, the body of Christ. 
that we will continue to do what Jesus did when he was on the earth. Now is our time. You remember during the time of people like Peter, John, Paul, we talked about Daniel, we talked about Elijah. They are not here now. It's our turn now. And I like what Pastor Josephine sometimes says. She says, if the Bible were to be written again, I want to be in that Bible. So can't we live like, the, 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 this is our turn now, like the, 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 the Elijahs and the Moseses. But those were in the old covenant. So we've got even better promises, better covenant. So Luke chapter 19, 12 and 13, King James Version. He said, therefore, a certain noble man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. He was talking about himself. He says a certain noble man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. But when he was going, what did he do? And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Okay. So can we say, I am a servant of the Lord. I have been mandated to occupy the territories of the Lord. Amen. So he says to us when he left, occupy till I come. I trust you. I have given you my armor. I've given you everything that will make you occupy. Occupy till I come. Okay? So, I'm saying, I'm landing with this one, even though I've got more, more verses to share with you. If time permits, we might pick on this going forward or not. It will depend on how the spirit leads. But this one about occupying till I come. For me, it says, as we're saying there are more territories, remember that our title is much more land remains to be conquered. So as you conquer lands, make sure that the ones you have already conquered, you keep it, you occupy. You don't keep, you don't win this one and then lose the other one. Win a new one, lose the other one. Okay? So anything that you have already won, anything that you have already conquered, anything that you have mastered, don't lose it. Occupy. 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 Amen. Because sometimes you find that as Christians you start, then you've got a breakthrough in this area. Then when you go for more lands, you lose the other lands that were in your possession before. You get that? So we're going to thank God for the word that we've had. And we're landing it here. So when I'm saying, taking these words, occupy till I come. I will also just take this, and as we give, we're going to use this same verse. But can you stand up and just thank God for the word that we've heard before we get ready to give. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord.